For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. Again, I think I'm getting the hang of this volume thing where I'm not blowing out uh, my speakers over here. I'm a pro. Thank you guys for hanging out with us either on the live video here or on the podcast. We always appreciate you, man. There's a lot to talk about today, and it all surrounds, not all of it, But a lot of it surrounds the state of Virginia spiraling into a state of chaos. And it's one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen. I mean, not that sexual assault and wearing blackface, not that those things are funny, but I am finding a lot of comedy in this stuff. Because... We're at a point where people don't even know. Once everybody that's got a scandal resigns, who even uh, who takes the helm? Who's the, who's the governor? <laughs> we don't even know. I mean, technically we do know, but uh, I'll explain all that as we go along. Uh, we'll talk about that. It has gotten interesting over the past 24 hours. It's no longer just a Democrat governor with a uh, 30-year-old picture surfacing of him wearing blackface it's it's gotten a lot worse a lot worse uh so we're going to get into that there's still some backlash from state of the union stuff not much and you know i may mention a little bit of that but we won't harp on it for too long because uh the state of the union wave no matter how good it is which it was good but that wave that momentum only lasts so long and then it just kind of dies out. So uh, 
we'll just touch on that for a brief minute. What else we got? We got uh, the, the the thing with Elizabeth Warren and the Bar Association registration that she uh, filed in Texas. Um, she's catching a whole lot of heat for that, not surprisingly. Uh, the fact that she has harped on for so long that she... She did not uh, use that in any way to benefit herself or advance her career. Uh, and really, she just never even brought it up. I mean, this didn't even bring it up. Now that turns out to be completely false. This has uh, got her on an apology tour. And as you heard Jeff Bohr say on the show yesterday, I think she's she's done for. I think that has caused her goose to be cooked because... <laughs> That's not going to go away anytime soon. It just makes her look like, I mean, it makes her look the same way as the, the, the Virginia governor with the blackface photo. We all know good and well that he knew that photo was out there. And we all know good and well that Elizabeth Warren knew that bar registration was there as well. She knew it. And she hid it for as long as she could. She knew it would come out, so she or her team sent it to the Washington Post, who then published it right before the State of the Union, hoping nobody would see it. But in an era of 24-hour news cycles, there's plenty of time to talk about it. So it's still going on today, and uh, rightly so. Uh, the Mueller probe. A lot of news on that front. We heard yesterday... That And I believe this was Chuck Grassley that said it. He said, I expect for the Mueller probe to wrap up and for me to have the report, if it's going to be available, within a month. So sometime in the beginning of, of, of March, according to him, by the, the beginning of March, he thinks the Mueller probe would be wrapped up. And we're seeing signs that that actually may be true. A couple of different signs that uh, he may be right. I think I'm going to go with him on that. I think I'm going to agree and, and say that this thing will wrap up, which kind of goes against the philosophy that we've preached for so long, and that is that the Mueller probe is something that was just built to cast a cloud over the Trump administration, over Donald Trump himself, through the midterm elections and through the 2020 elections, if they could stretch it out that far. I think they're at a point where they know they can't stretch it out that far, so they're going to have to wrap it up, but that may not be it. There's more to come. So we'll break that down for you as we uh, as we go along this morning. Uh, what else? On the immigration, not immigration, but um, on the abortion front. See, we've got like two or three major... Um, major issues going on, major topics of discussion that we can't seem to get away from, which is okay. I mean, this stuff gets, it's its topics that get discussed over and over, and then they get pushed to the forefront, you know, after so much time of us not talking about it, immigration, abortion, gun rights, whatever. Abortion is, is in the mix, and I don't think it's going away anytime soon, especially when we're leading up to a presidential election. That'll be a big topic of discussion. Uh, this one is is a little different because it's 
it's shown where the Democrats and the left want to go on the issue of abortion, on the issue of women's rights, quote unquote. But Hollywood, Hollywood was freaking out, which I don't think you get any more extreme left than Hollywood. They were freaking out over the fact that Donald Trump brought up that uh, at the State of the Union that he wanted to protect the rights of babies the rights of the unborn, uh, they couldn't believe that. You would have thought Hitler was uh, risen from the dead and, and um, given the, the, the mantle of, of president of the United States. That's the way they act. That's the way they've been acting this whole time. So there's that. That's out there. Uh, Cindy McCain in a weird controversy just over the past 24 hours as well, or just this week. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about that because it's it's a little it's a little bizarre. Uh, I'll explain to you what happened on that front. And there's another thing, a video I saw last night, and this was a, a very well put together video. And and I may throw it up on the um, on the over the line Facebook page. I would play it on here, but I don't I don't know that uh, I don't know that I've got time. It may be too long. I'll look and see. But it's about the, the Covington Catholic high school kids and that whole thing that went down. And it goes through how it started, uh, how the media reacted, and then the process of really breaking that down to see what actually happened. I'm really interested to see how long this thing is now. I may play it for y'all. Uh, let's see. If it's like 10 minutes long, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Um, the thing is, okay, maybe I can't find it. I'll keep looking for it. If we can play it, I'll play it. Uh, if not, oh, here we go. Let's try this guy. It is, oh, geez, it's 14 minutes long. Man, I'll, I'll just post that on, um, I'll just post it on the, the Facebook page or something. Or am I playing? I, I don't know. I can't decide. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, so we got all that and plenty more to get to today on today's show. We might have an extended version just because I have so much to talk about, so much to get to. Uh, we will see what happens. First of all, NickTheMarketer.com. This is a partner of our show, and I don't want you to forget about Nick. Uh, Nick the Marketer. what these guys do, and now there actually is a Nick, but Nick the Marketer is, is really compiled of an entire team what they do is they handle everything on your digital front for your business your service whether it's small business whether you've got a large corporation whether you're opening a new business i've seen some of the businesses he deals with and i mean it's across the board every kind of business you can think of and i watch the process that they go through and making sure that these businesses are seen online. If there's somebody, for instance, if you own a spa and you search spas near me or spas with good reviews or whatever, Nick the marketer is going to make sure that that person searching for that trips over your link before they look at anything else optimizing your searchability in in Google in in uh, whatever other search thing 
whatever. Foursquare. What are the other things? I don't even know. Any kind of search engine you can think of. Nick the Marketer is going to make sure that people see your website. And when they do, they're going to click on it. And when they click on it, they've got the software to see who clicks on it, what they looked at, if they called. He's got all that stuff wrapped up. So he's got that handled, but you also have the ability to watch who does what as well. All the things that they see when they track uh, your digital footprint, you get to see that stuff as well. They make sure you have the accessibility, the same accessibility that they do. It's amazing. NickTheMarketer.com, 205-610-9550. 205-610-9550 is the number. Make sure you tell them you heard him right here on Over the Line, your favorite podcast. That's right. Andrew McLean sent you. OverTheLineShow.com. If you haven't gone to sign up for the newsletter, make sure you do that. You uh, you won't regret it. It'll be a smart, smart decision on your part. And uh, people will look at you differently. They'll look at you as uh, uh, someone who really knows what they're doing, really knows their stuff. So hook that up. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take this quick break. We're going to come back on the other side. We're going to get started. I'm going to break down this West, West Virginia. Virginia stuff. I don't want to put that off on West Virginia like that. That's not very nice. We'll break this down. Because what I want to do is I want to give you the timeline of what exactly happened, how it went down, and where we're at now. It's, it's an amazing story. And then I'm going to explain to you where Virginia goes from here. And, of course, my prediction as to what's going to happen. Over the line, Andrew McLean, Thursday edition, February 7th, 2019. You'll hang tight. I'm getting sick of it smoking. It's bad for me, but anyway, I don't think. to get the word out and help grow your business. Hey, it's Andrew from Over the Line, the podcast. We are looking to partner with brand new business owners to help grow their business and get the word out to our listeners so we can link them up with the best businesses around. They spend their hard-earned money on these products, on these services, and we want to make sure we get them teamed up with the right people. If you're interested in teaming up with this podcast and letting people know about your business, Contact me, Andrew, at OverTheLineShow.com. That's Andrew at OverTheLineShow.com.
Donald Trump cracks me up. I just came across this tweet, which he sent out earlier today. The Dems and their committees are going nuts. The Republicans never did this to President Obama. There will be no time left to run government. I hear other committee heads will do the same thing, even stealing people who work at the White House, a continuation of the witch hunt. I'll get into some of that. I need to do this Virginia stuff first, and, and then I'll get into the witch hunt and what we're looking at on that front. I've seriously got ants in the studio, and they're driving me crazy. There's only two or three of them. But they're so fast, they're moving from one spot to the next. Like one of them was just on my mic. I got to do something about this. It's summer all of a sudden, and, and the bugs are coming out. This is why I need a, uh, a, a pest control place to advertise on, on the show here. Overthelineshow.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Also, the ability, I know I always post the links on social media for the different platforms that you can listen to the show on, uh, at least two or three of them. If you go to the website, it has those links on there as well. It also has the Anchor Media Player where you can just listen to the last uh, last episode. It automatically posts it up there and then... We got a video on there as well. We update every few days. All right. So Virginia. Virginia, the the beautiful Commonwealth of Virginia. Let's uh let's lay this story out real quick. So we start off with a, a Virginia governor, Ralph Northam, who decides to go on this radio show. And um, discuss abortion and discuss bills that are currently or were making their way through the Virginia State House through the legislation. Uh, so they're discussing the stuff, and they bring up one particular bill that basically says that you can abort a baby after birth. Okay, and the lady that introduced this bill. On the same day, she introduced a bill to save a certain kind of uh, worm or caterpillar. Save the caterpillars, kill the babies. Got it. Anyway, so they're discussing this, and uh, Northam is asked about it. And he, in very a very calm manner, in a very matter-of-fact, almost in a professional medical way, explained that what they're trying to do, and he explained this in a way of agreeing with the legislation. He says, yeah, uh, so basically what happens is uh, the, the baby is, is birthed, and then we, they sit the baby on the, on, the, on the table to the side, and then the mother and the doctor then discuss whether or not they want to keep the baby. And then if they do, they, they, they do want to keep the baby, the baby is then uh, resuscitated or kept alive. And if not, then 
I don't know how they're going to it, but inject it with something. They're going to smash its brains out of its head like they do when they first abort a baby, when it's still in the womb. I don't know. I don't know what they plan on doing. But anyway, he explains it, and he says, you know, just uh, we just decide after the baby's born. No big deal. Because, I mean, seriously, what, what if the baby doesn't have the color hair you wanted it to have? What if the doctor even got the gender wrong? I mean, you thought it was a girl, but it turned out to be a boy. You might not want that baby at that point. You know what I'm saying? So you got to be able to make those decisions on whether or not to kill your baby after it's born. Just all the what ifs. I mean, what if you birth the baby? Then you're like, ah, I don't want this responsibility. So anyway, he explains that the country is outraged, rightly so. You know, liberals think uh, it's still a, a woman's right, even after the baby's born, which their argument is my body, my choice, but aren't we at a point where the baby is no longer in your body, so it's no longer... Anyway, um, liberals cheer, the shout your abortion people cheer, conservatives, independents, and just level-headed people alike lose their mind. They're absolutely shocked that somebody would say this. A politician, somebody with such power as, as being the governor of a state. So that happens, and then just, I believe, a day later, maybe two days later, you have a yearbook photo surface of this Virginia governor wearing blackface and or a Klan outfit. He can't seem to figure out which one he is. But there's a photo in his section of the yearbook that shows a guy with blackface and then a guy in a Klan, a Klan outfit. Man, at first he admitted that was him in the photo, and he's very sorry, and then he came back, and he said, well, maybe it's not me in the video. Uh, I mean, in the picture, but... It, it, <laughs> It was, a, it was a mess. And then he refused to step down. And then he claims he's deliberating and, and consulting with his team on whether or not to step down. I didn't think he'd be able to survive this. I'm actually extremely shocked that he is still the governor of Virginia. But as this thing starts to unfold, I'm starting to understand why. Why he hasn't resigned. Because I, I wasn't up to date on my Virginia politics. You know, I, I, I just... I didn't know the who's who in Virginia state politics. Now I'm learning that stuff. So once this stuff comes out and the talks of resignation are being thrown at Ralph Northam from prominent Democrats, from Democrats that are running for president now, which they have to, they don't have a choice. If they didn't have anything uh, that was on the line politically, they probably would stand up for the guy and say, why, he didn't mean it. To you. Look at what he's done for black people. He's given them a welfare and, and made sure that they had, you know, housing projects and dependency on government. That's what they would say. Anyway, so as those calls for resignation head his way, we start looking at who would take his spot. And that would be Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax. 
Now, who is Justin Fairfax? Most of us didn't really know. We knew that Justin Fairfax was uh, running against Northam. Uh, I'm sorry, not running against Northam, but running on that same ticket. Uh, and so Justin Fairfax, the Democrat, would take that spot, which should make Democrats at least breathe a sigh of relief. And that's probably why a lot of them were comfortable enough to call for Northam to, to step down. Not only that, but Justin Fairfax is a black guy. So it works. A Democrat that's a black guy taking the place of a guy that everybody really liked, that Obama campaigned for heavily, and uh, all that stuff, uh, at least it's another Democrat and a minority at that. It's a win-win. Even though Democrats don't like black people, don't let them fool you. Then it turns out, we find out, that Justin Fairfax now has allegations against him from a former, I think she was a staffer, some, some kind of associate uh, at the DNC back in 2004 or 2008. I don't remember the year, but apparently uh, it was a sexual assault in the manner of him forcing her head towards his crotchal area and forcing her to perform certain acts against her will. Now, instead of a situation like we saw with Brett Kavanaugh, where he comes out and says, not only do I not, did, I, did this not happen, but I don't even know this person. This guy, on the other hand, said, oh, no, that did happen, but she was totally cool with it. Mm. That's not good. <laughs> not good okay so let's mark him off the list let's see justin fairfax gone let's say justin fairfax resigns which he should all right we're going to move on to the next guy in line which is the attorney general well surely the attorney general is like uh, a good guy mark herring is his name so Move over to old Mark. See how Mark's doing. Now, Mark's already stepped up and, and called for Ralph Northam, the current governor, to resign because he said this is so uh, deeply offensive that, that he would have worn blackface at one time. There's no way he can effectively govern the state of Virginia. So he's got to step down. Old Mark's on record for saying that. Mark Herring. Once it comes out that Mark Herring might be next in line, instead of waiting on some bad news to come out about him, he just stepped up and said, you know what? There are pictures out there of me wearing blackface as well. <laughs> so let's take Mark Herring, mark him off the list. <laughs> and the, the irony is that he, he condemned the governor for wearing the blackface, and then he had to admit that, hey, I wore a blackface suit. <laughs> All three Democrats, by the way. So you've got Northam, should resign, Justin Fairfax. I'm writing this down as I go, because I want to mark it out. It adds to, uh, gives it a dramatic feel. Fairfax out. Mark Herring hates when people wear blackface, but he wears blackface himself. Out. 
So who's next? Well, the next person in line would be Kirk Cox. Now, maybe he should resign as well because of his deeply offensive last name. But Kirk Cox, uh, the Speaker of the Virginia House, is next in line. The only problem is Kirk Cox is a Republican. So you go through three people before you get to a Republican. Now, Ralph Northam knows that if he resigns, that sets the precedent where then Justin Fairfax would have to resign. He can't take that position because if Northam can't do it, Fairfax can't do it. I mean, Northam did something extremely offensive, but he didn't force anybody to, you know, I better not even try to come up with a catchy, uh, a funny line there. He didn't force anybody to do things to him physically. He didn't physically assault somebody. So Fairfax can't do it. And then Mark Herring definitely can't do it because he did the exact same thing that Ralph Northam did. Now, Ralph Northam realizes that. So does Justin Fairfax. And really, so does Mark Herring. And they're probably okay with resigning. But not if it gives the governor's office to a Republican. That is the reason that they have not resigned yet. And it's not just them. And this is where all the consulting comes in. All the talk to his, his staffers and and people within the Democrat Party. Because there are not just people in Virginia telling him to hold your horses, don't resign just yet. There are people in Washington, D.C., heavy hitters. And some, I'm sure, that have already come out and said he should step down, but behind closed doors are telling him, you can't do that because then a Republican would hold that office. And you think, well, it's just the state, state level, state governor, blah, blah, blah. It's actually fairly important to have the majority of governors to be affiliated with your party. Republicans had that before the, uh, the, the, the last midterms. I, actually, I don't even know if that changed. Maybe that changed. Maybe it did. I can't remember. But they did have the majority of governors, a large majority. Virginia doesn't want to lose that seat. And that's why Northam's not resigning. If Northam resigns, Fairfax has to resign. Then Mark Herring has to resign. And then at that point, you would have Governor Cox. Now, does Kirk Cox have any skeletons in his closet? I don't know. I mean, it seems like if there's even a discussion that you uh, you might be uh, governor, you might as well come out with it. <laughs> you might as well lay it out there. But uh, he's going on the offensive, and he's calling on uh, Mark Herring to resign. Like, he's skipping the other two, and he's just going to the guy right above him. And he's saying Herring called on uh, uh, Northam to resign for wearing blackface, and then Heron comes back and admits that he was wearing blackface. 
So he's like, you can't, you can't effectively serve. You can't effectively govern. You can't effectively uh, fill your role as attorney general. Attorney general, the top cop. Could you imagine? Think about this. Not just the top cop. Talk about, think of just a deputy, okay? A deputy police officer. In, in any, any city, a deputy police officer, a picture comes out and he's wearing blackface. That would be national scandal of the year. National scandal. But the top cop of one of the 50 states in the union wearing blackface? Not a big deal. Crickets. Crickets. Virginia's a mess. It's a big old mess. And uh, it's only going to get more exciting from here. Another thing, and, and the Justin Fairfax thing in itself is really interesting because it continues to get deeper. And, and it's, you know, wearing blackface is not a crime. Sexually assaulting someone and, and forcing them to perform an act on you against their will, that is a crime. And that's what Fairfax is dealing with. There was a report the other day where, I guess in an attempt to discredit this woman, he said in a private meeting, according to anonymous sources that told NBC, quote, F that B, if you know what I'm saying. He was talking about his accuser, Dr. Vanessa Tyson, who is a professor of politics and a registered Democrat in uh, Claremont, California. Uh, she actually, and her story is crazy in itself, because in 2017, when the guy first got elected, she contacted the Washington Post and told them the story about how Fairfax forced her to perform oral sex on him during the 2004 Democratic National Convention. What did the Washington Post do with that story in 2017? Anybody want to guess? They canned it. They chunked it in the garbage. They decided they didn't want to run it. Now, she had some credible elements to hers where she had told friends uh, the friends were willing to 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 talk to the post under the the guise of an anonymity uh you know it, it was much more than a christine blase ford type of deal but uh the post decided uh not to run it now the washington post had no problem staying in alabama in Gadsden, Alabama, for months on end, trying to find dirt on Roy Moore without a shred of evidence, and did that for an entire election cycle. They had no problem doing that when they started off with zero evidence, nothing but an accusation, and then left with nothing but an accusation. But in 2017... 
They didn't want to deal with any of that. And 2017, if I'm not mistaken, that was the, uh, the end of 2017. That was the special election in Alabama, was it not? Between Roy Moore and Doug Jones. So at the same time, the same year, the Washington Post spent all their resources in little old Etowah County, Alabama. They told this chick to kick rocks with her story. They didn't want nothing to do with it. Also, it's important to note, I brought up, I actually just ironically said Christine Blase Ford. Uh, the Fairfax accuser, this doctor out of California, she's hired the law firm that actually represented Christine Blase Ford. Now, keep in mind, she's a Democrat, so she probably, I don't know her stances on some of that stuff. She probably believed Christine Ford. She probably thought she was credible, and, and that's okay if that's what she thinks. I mean, she, she had no evidence, but if you've been through that before, I guess you're more inclined to believe women, which we thought Democrats were in the business of believing women, and that's turned out not to be as true. Uh, but she's hired the attorneys who represented Dr. Ford in the hearings regarding the allegations brought up against Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. She hired the Washington, D.C. law firm Katz, Marshall, and Banks. According to NPR, the law firm represented Ford after she accused Kavanaugh of sexual assault, blah, 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 blah. Uh, then it goes into the actual sexual assault itself. It's just funny to me. It's all crazy. Now, hopefully justice is served. If, if this did happen, if, if, if this Justin Fairfax actually did do this to this woman, hopefully justice is served. But on the political end of things, it's time to hang it up, man. You have, there, there are three people that have put Virginia in a tailspin right now. Three people, single-handedly, have Virginia politically going in a downward spiral. And they're continuing to sit on it. It's absolutely insane. And then, and then the media, the, those that defend Democrats no matter what. How about, how about this? The NAACP. I literally watched on MSNBC uh, the NAACP president say that because Northam wore the blackface and should resign, that Trump should now resign after Northam. And let me explain to you what he means by that. Or I'll just, I'll just read you his quote, and tell you, you can take from it what you will. He says, when asked about Ralph Northam, and what should happen, his response was, quite frankly, I wish the president would resign. He was asked if there is anything Trump could say to make this situation better. And he said he should just resign. He said, here's an individual who took children from their parents at the border. Here's an individual who took food off the table over a border wall we don't need. Here's an individual who set a tone of intolerance. 
I believe now and then that I am not either of these people in this photo. Oh, that's a quote from Northam. So uh, the quote from him is that he took took children from their parents at the border. He took food off the table over a border wall we don't need. Whose food is missing because of the border wall? Oh, he must be talking about the government shutdown. My bad. That was old news. I already forgot about it. Um, that's about to happen again, by the way. We've got approximately seven, eight days before the next shut government shutdown. Anyway, calls for the president. And this is how deranged these people are. Ralph Northam wears blackface. And as a result, the president of the NAACP is calling for Trump to resign. That's literally what happened. Now, if that doesn't show a Democrat party having ownership over a certain group of people, I don't know what is. Now... This uh, NAACP president, Derek Johnson, has every right to leave the plantation of the Democratic Party at any time he wants. But he chooses to stay. He chooses to stay because he gets to have one of the higher positions there on the plantation, I suppose. Because he's one of the people that demonize those that are African American and don't fall in line with the Democrat Party that dare think for themselves, that dare have a differing opinion about any given subject. That's Derek Johnson. And then one of the funniest moments I saw with uh, over, over, over the past couple of days, Bernie Sanders is, I, I believe he's walking through the airport, or maybe he's on Capitol Hill. Uh, and the reporter is chasing him down and i don't know what this audio sounds like but i can try to play it for you this reporter's chasing him down asking him if the virginia governor i'm sorry if the lieutenant governor if if his accuser should be believed and bernie sanders he's just his his that white hair's like waving in the wind and he's moving those little socialist legs just as fast as he can go <laughs> and he is uh he's not going to answer not going to answer the question. Now, listen to this right here. This, this is so good. Uh, Justin Fairfax's accuser, sir. Senator Sanders, do you, do you believe? He, he, he can't right now. Why is that? We're discussing something. Right oh, really? We're yeah. billionaires. We're billionaires. We should call them people of means or people of wealth. What's your response to that? So, Senator Sanders, do you, do you believe that or no? Go ahead. So then they get in the elevator, right? Uh, within that exchange, oh no, I just played you the wrong one. Let me play this one. He's coming down the escalator, okay? <laughs> and he's got his phone up to his ear as if he's talking to someone. <laughs> Listen to this. Now, do you believe Justin Fairfax? His accuser? His accuser. Okay, Ari. Okay. What time are we down? Excuse me. Stop you're not on the, me you're right not on the phone. You're not on the phone. Excuse me. Sir. 
I'm asking you a question. <laughs> Justin Fairfax's accuser. <laughs> I know that audio didn't do that justice, but <laughs> he comes down the escalator and he's got his phone up to his ear and he's like, All right. Oh, yes. What did you say? Yes, we could do that. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, uh, Senator Sanders, you're not even on the phone because you can plainly see his phone. And you know on the iPhone when you've actually got somebody's contact uh, pulled up? Like, it looks like that, right? Well, where's that? I'm trying to show you people on Facebook. I mean, on YouTube. Anyway, it's the the the, the contact, like the phone book. And you got one of the contacts pull up. Bernie Sanders is on his phone with that showing. Obviously, meaning he's not on the phone. And he's like, all right. Yes, yes, we could do that. As this guy's trying to, this reporter's trying to ask him questions. He's like, Senator Sanders, you're not even on the phone. Who are you talking about? And then he stops and he turns around and he points, looking off in the distance. And he never says anything. And he turns around and keeps walking. What do you mean I'm down on the phone? I'm talking to Ori. Why are you harassing me? I got plenty more to talk about on the other side. Y'all don't go anywhere. Overthelineshow.com. Andrew McLean, Tuesday, Thursday edition. What is today? February 7th, 2019. When we come back on the other side, I want to... Uh, I want to just remind you guys about some of the people in the past, white people that have worn blackface that got a pass. I think when the blackface discussion comes up that we should uh, be reminded of everyone that's been there and ask ourselves, why have they not been cast from society yet? It's a good question to ask. Over the line, back after this. I want to see you smile. No, that means I'll have to think. No, that means I'll have to think. Lately, I've been, I've been thinking. I want you to be happier. I want you to be happier. So I.
At first I was afraid, I was petrified I kept thinking I could never live without you by my side But then I spent so many nights just thinking how you'd done me wrong I grew strong I learned how to get along And so you're back from outer space I just walked in to find you here Without that look upon your face I should have changed my coffin lock I would have made you leave your key If I'd have known for just one second You'd be back to bother me Oh, now go walk out the door Just turn around To break me with desire Did you think I'd crumble? Did you think I'd lay down and die? Oh God, I, I will survive yeah. I feel like we should do something like Tweet of the segment So every time we come back from a break I give you The most absurd tweet that I've seen In the past 15-20 minutes For instance, Nancy, Nancy Pelosi. We have a moral responsibility to protect God's creation for generations to come. That is why today we named members to the Select Committee on the Climate Crisis. Hashtag Act on Climate. Oh, man. Don't you love when Democrats invoke God into their political agendas? But wait, it's about God's creation. I mean, I'm pretty sure God said that it's not going to be us that that ends the world. It's going to happen on his watch. But Nancy Pelosi must have missed that part. Oh, well. Overthelineshow.com. If you want to contact me... Andrew at OverTheLineShow.com Andrew at OverTheLineShow.com Moving through The Blackface Blackface Mania 2019 And by the way I'm harping on the blackface I personally don't care if people wear blackface I mean I don't Because if you're doing it out out of a, a comedy or, or or you're doing it for Halloween, what I don't I don't think it's that big a deal, but if it, it offends people, whatever. But we we've moved into a a generation, an era of being offended by some pretty ridiculous things, uh, and you know, talking about the blackface thing, being racist, then doing the tomahawk chop at a at a Kansas City Chiefs game is in racist. Or dressing up as a, a sexy Indian, a sexy Pocahontas at Halloween is racist, and all this kind of stuff. Like, if you're if you're dressing up as a, uh, a as a black person in a mocking way, which I mean, from the looks of it, that's kind of what was going on in Ralph Northam's picture. Uh, that's probably not okay. But if you want to do it in a, a fun way, I think people just need to 
Quit being so uptight. Come on. I don't care if black people paint their face white or if if Chinese people wear an Indian headdress. I don't care. I don't care. You remember when Marlon Wayne's the Wayne's brothers dressed up like a couple of white girls? I would have cared. But anyway, we're here. And blackface is offensive. So since that's a thing, uh, let's just go back through and talk about who all's worn blackface. Somebody did the grueling job of going back through old episodes of The View, going all the way back to 2016. And in this episode... There was a revelation from Joy Bayer, and I don't know if she meant for this to happen or whatever, but up on the screen pops a picture, pops up a picture of her when she was 29 years old, dressed as an African-American with her skin darkened, okay? Now, this is just 2016. This is is back when uh, Obama was on his way out of the White House and, and Trump was about to to take the helm. Here's how that uh, that little ditty on the View transpired right here. Listen to this. In the New York Times, they had an op-ed piece in praise of naturally curly hair. They say that it's making a comeback. When Are you excited? Leave? I've always had curly <laughs> that hair. That is a Y'all feminist late. statement. <laughs> right, riveting topics of discussion, by the way. The New York Times had an article about curly hair. <laughs> huh? What do you mean? <laughs> no, I, I, is that you, Joy? Oh, you know, this picture. Oh, I was, Joy, is that you? Yeah. Joy, that is oh, you? Yes. Joy, are you Wait. black? No, I know. <laughs> I Joy. Was, Joy. I was so cute. So that's Raven Simone, who used to be on uh, on The View, and she is the lone black person on that show. And her face is... <laughs> it's a look of shock on her face. As if she can't believe that Joy would do that. Joy. Cute I was. We, are you my auntie Joy? Yeah. <laughs> and even Joy's face is turning red. Oh, that is me. My word. What, what year is a circle? I what? was 29. It was a Halloween party. I went as a beautiful African woman. Oh, yes. You ain't black. But that's my hair. <laughs> that's my hair. That, you can be, yeah, but it is. So, uh, so the whole point of why that curly hair is coming back? I thought that was... I thought, that is me. Did you have tanning lotion on, Joy? A little... I had makeup that was a little bit... Oh, jeez. You thought that show was unbearable now. Go back and watch some of these old episodes. But Joy, uh, not only wearing blackface, but she was she was wearing a dress that was like the one strap and the other shoulders hanging out. Like, she was full-blown... Uh, full-blown black skin. Darkened skin. So it was a beautiful African lady. And that was my natural hair. <laughs> and what about Jimmy Kimmel? Y'all remember when Jimmy Kimmel, uh, I, I think uh, Jimmy Fallon, who else? Um, let's see. I think Jimmy Kimmel's done a couple of blackface gimmicks. Uh, if I'm not mistaken... Stephen Colbert may have at one time. Don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. But if you go back and watch some of the Jimmy Kimmel skits where he... And again, I think this should be okay. But if we're going to wear people out for this stuff, 
on one side of the aisle. We're going to have to do it for both sides. That's all I'm saying. This is Jimmy Kimmel wearing not just blackface, but completely darkened skin. I mean, dark, dark. Mocking African-American basketball player Carl Malone. You probably remember this. Sometime at night, Carl Malone look up in sky and say, what the hell going on up there? Do UFO live on other planet, phoning home like E.T.? Carl Malone read on TV about white people getting deducted by aliens, sticking all kind of hell up their butt. And that's a damn thing. Now, Carl Malone never seen no flying saucer himself, but if he do, that's going to be a spooky time. That's why Carl Malone say government got to step up and give 102% to keeping them little green men off this here earth. Because the day them dudes stick something up Carl Malone butt, that's going to, well, that ain't going to be no good time for nobody, especially Carl Malone butt. Listen up, E.T., you better stay the hell back. Nanu, nanu. Until next time, this here Carl Malone. Is it just me or that seems slightly racist? Uh, I mean, it's a white man uh, not only mocking the appearance, but uh, mocking um, mocking the way Carl Malone talks. Now, Jimmy Fallon, uh, Jimmy Fallon mocked Chris Rock, I believe it was. One time, wore blackface. Kimmel and another one, uh, outside of mocking Carl Malone, uh, he dressed up as Oprah Winfrey. Now, here's the point I'm trying to make. These guys are comedians, and this should be okay for comedians. I feel like comedians, especially, should get a pass, because I feel like we've ruined comedy. We've ruined being able to make fun of each other and laugh about it. The problem is, some of these comedians, some of them, if they've all of a sudden turned into political activists like uh, like Jimmy Kimmel, they get a pass. Because they're doing such great work for the progressive movement. But if you're somebody like, uh, who was it? Was it Kevin Hart that was supposed to host one of these awards shows? And he made some gay jokes back in the day? And all of a sudden, he was cast from the Hollywood Society. Kevin Hart's not some sort of progressive liberal activist, so he doesn't get the same treatment. He doesn't get the same benefit of a doubt as being a comedian as people like Jimmy Kimmel or Stephen Colbert or whoever, Jimmy Fallon. It's just amazing to me, the double standard. And I know it, it's probably odd to hear me say that, say that I'm, I'm shocked by a double standard that I've, I've been watching for so long, but I am. Now, some people are proactive in, in making sure that they don't get caught in the blackface scandal. Just like uh, Gucci, uh, they had a... <laughs> now, this one actually does look racist. Gucci has a uh, a black polo neck sweater. Now, why do you need a neck sweater? It's just like something that goes... It's like a turtleneck without the shirt. 
but it goes all the way up to like your nose. So it covers your whole bottom half of your face and your neck. And uh, apparently it sparked comparisons with the racially offensive and growing controversy of blackface imagery. One uh, African-American fashionista tweeted, ironically, Happy Black History Month, y'all, with a uh, picture of this said black polo neck sweater. For some reason, it does not have... Oh, it does have a picture. Hold on, let me pull this up. All right, I'm going to show you guys on the YouTubes. I want you to look at <laughs> Now, this one is a little suspect. I'll give them that. Uh, this is the black neck sweater. Okay, maybe it is a full shirt. Okay, it is a full sweater, but it's a turtleneck that comes all the way up to your nose. Okay, here it is right here. Now, that might be... <laughs> well, that might be construed as a little racist, right? Just a little bit. Because it goes up, again, it covers... It covers the nose, but it has an opening for the mouth. And around the opening for the mouth is what seems to be really large red lips. And I'm sure that didn't go. Like, who gave who Gucci gave that one the pass? First of all, it's ugly, but a lot of that stuff is. Uh, but who gave who the pass on that and said, you know what? That's the newest trend right there. Mm-hmm. Let's get the polo blackface turtleneck sweater gimmick. People will eat that up. They'll pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for that. Well, nobody's going to be buying it now because it is now discontinued for being the new blackface polo. Um, Liam Neeson, who we talked about. Did we talk about Liam Neeson yesterday? I think we did. Uh, his story was much different, although... He, I think what happened is he told his story at a bad time. Uh, remember, he talked about his his dear friend uh, being raped several decades ago, and it, he asked his friend who it was that raped her, or what he looked like, or whatever. Is he tall? Is uh, obviously a man? Uh, what ethnicity is he? And he was a black guy, she said. So he recalled walking down the street just looking for a black person to, to beat the crap out of because he was so angry. And he had this, this primal instinct, this primal reaction to, to wanting to avenge what had happened to his, one of his best friends. And he recalled that in a way of saying that racism and, and revenge or, or whatever you want to call that is never... Never the answer. And he also painted the picture of, hey, I'm not a racist. I wasn't a racist then. If they would have told me it was a, a blonde-haired white guy, I would have done the same thing, looking for a blonde-haired white guy. Or if it was a, a Scottish dude, I would have been looking for a Scottish dude. It just happened to be that this guy was black. And I was so angry about this that I was just wanting to beat up a black guy. Take it out on some random black guy. Well, now, because of that, even though he gave a reasonable explanation and there was a story to be learned about why racism is bad within all that, people are still demanding that Liam Neeson be digitally scrubbed 
from the upcoming Men in Black movie. Which, ironically, the movie's called Men in Black, but... He's in the new Men in Black movie, and they want him to be digitally scrubbed from the movie. I don't even know how that works, but something tells me that the producers of that movie are not going to be in the business of just scrubbing an entire character, especially since it seems he is one of the main characters of the movie. Unless they could do, you know, when you watch the the videos on, on social media and it's like a scene from the movie 300 and they take a, a very poorly uh, photoshopped picture of Trump's head and they put it on one of the characters and it kind of just switches up as they walk around or turn their head. Maybe they could do something like that. And they could uh, put a black guy on there. Maybe they could put... You know what they should do? They should just replace Liam Neeson's face with Ralph Northam's face, uh, yearbook picture. Yes, just cut, cut that out of his yearbook and paste it on Liam Neeson's head throughout the whole movie. <laughs> so... Then you'll have Ralph Northam uh, wearing blackface. Since, since that's okay, since he doesn't have to resign because of it. I mean, it can't be that bad, right? Can't be that bad. Or am I wrong about that? I don't know. <sighs> Let me move on real quick to um, Elizabeth Warren. There's not much to say about that, even though it's a hot topic of discussion right now. The RNC has apparently filed a grievance against Warren for claiming that she was Native American on that uh, uh, that State Bar of Texas registration. They said um, that they sent a letter to, let's see, Spokesperson for the, te- the the State Bar of Texas confirmed that Warren did claim her race was American Indian in that 1986 bar registration card. Uh, they said the letter, this letter is to alert you that the Office of False Claims made by the Texas Bar Attorney, Elizabeth Warren, Attorney Warren was admitted to the Texas Bar on April 11th, 1986, and her bar card number is blah, 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 with a current status of inactive. Rona Romney McDaniel, chairman of the RNC, wrote the Office of Chief Disciplinary Counsel of the State Bar of Texas in a letter uh, that was delivered by certified mail on Wednesday. The letter said Attorney Warren should be disciplined for lying and failing to correct a misrepresentation she made on her Texas Bar registration card. The Washington Post obtained a copy of Attorney Warren's Texas Bar registry card. On April 18, 1986, Attorney Warren registered for the Texas Bar and made a misrepresentation that she was American Indian on the section titled Race. She said, according to the Texas Disciplinary Rules of Professional Conduct, Rule 8.01, an applicant for admission to the bar, a petitioner for reinstatement to the bar, or a lawyer in connection with a bar admission application a petition for reinstatement or a disciplinary matter shall not a knowingly make false statements of material fact or b fail to correct 
a misrepresentation known by the person to have arisen in the matter or knowingly fail to respond to a lawful demand for information from an admission, reinstatement, or disciplinary authority, except that this rule does not require disclosure of information otherwise protected by Rule 105, whatever Rule 105 is. So, that's not good. Uh, they're asking, and I don't know what the discipline would be to Elizabeth Warren, like what she, um, what they would do to her. I have no idea. No idea what uh, what would happen there. But the RNC has gone the extra mile and said, you know what? We're going to go ahead and just uh, ask the Texas bar to, in some way, shape, or form, punish Elizabeth Warren. She deserves to be punished. There's no reason she can claim. Because, I mean, isn't that the same? Is uh wearing blackface? I mean, you're wearing really light brown face, in a sense, even though you're not putting on physical makeup. Rachel Dolzell was that her name? She got in trouble for the same thing. Remember, she was like an NAACP chapter president, and it turns out she was a lily white ginger. Claiming to be black. And she got a bunch of heat. And then it turns out she was evading taxes and doing food stamp fraud and all this other stuff. Anyway, here's what we're going to do. One more break before we get out of here. Come back on the other side. I'm going to talk to you about the Mueller investigation, giving an update on that, and tell you where we go from here. Over the line, over the line show.com, Thursday edition, February 7th. 2019 it's like 80 degrees outside i feel like i'm at the beach much better than the cold we've been dealing with at andrew mcclain who on twitter we're on facebook and all that stuff as well so hook it up back right after this Welcome to Good evening. 
saying see, she's in DC. She said, excuse me, but can you please pay my rent? I cannot afford my apartment. As I mentioned, Chuck Grassley said just the other day that he expects the Mueller investigation to come to a close within a month, which, as I stated, means he expects it on or before the beginning of March, which is kind of a big revelation. I haven't heard that much talk about it but it's it's kind of a big deal he's obviously seeing signs from the inside about what's what so this right here the fact that there are signs showing that 
the investigation is coming to a close, it's got a lot of Democrats freaking out because they know just as well as we do that if there was something damaging, we wouldn't be waiting, uh, something damaging against Trump, we would not be waiting on a report. We would already have it. It would have already been leaked, right? That would have already been a thing. We would have been well aware by now. Um, they know that's not the case. So, and and another sign. And let me throw this out there too. I I actually had the the story on it, but yet another Mueller prosecutor, another member of the Mueller team, has left the team, has parted parted ways with the Mueller team. Which is yet another sign, outside of what Chuck Grassley has said, that things wrapping up. They're downsizing. They're they're depleting their team because apparently uh, it's coming to a close. So again, that's got Democrats freaked out, and that's why Adam Schiff, the House Intelligence Committee chairman, which is very scary to know that he is now the chairman. Remember, this is the this is the committee that, that Devin Nunes was the head of. And he was the one that headed over to the White House when he got the information that there were spying, that the intelligence agency and the FBI was spying on the Trump campaign. He's the one that headed straight, made a beeline straight over to the White House and said, y'all need to look at this. This is bad. This is some scary, scary stuff. And what else would you do? Because at that point, when you find out that information and you know half of your colleagues are sticking up for these people, who do you trust? You don't have anybody to trust at that point. So that's why he did it. But Adam Schiff announced yesterday, once he started getting word that the Russia investigation's almost over, that a, a, a broad investigation his committee would be undertaking uh, would be beyond Russia and into whether or not Donald Trump, he had financial interest in driving his actions, whether they're tied to Russia or they're tried to tied to the Trump, uh, uh, the Trump Corporation, the 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 the, the Trump real estate, what the, the the Trump Hotel in Washington D.C. They're already announcing that they're going forward with more investigations. And that's why you heard all that tweet from uh, Donald Trump earlier that I read earlier in the show. Let me see if I can find that again. Let's see. Real Donald Trump. He tweeted that this morning about four or five hours ago. He said, uh, it's actually a two-part tweet. He said, so now Congressman Adam Schiff announces after having found zero Russian collusion that he is going to be looking at every aspect of my life, both financial and personal, even though there is no reason to be doing so. Never happened before. Unlimited presidential harassment. The Dems and their committees are going nuts. The Republicans never did this to President Obama. There would be no time left to run government. I hear other committee heads will do the same thing, even stealing people who work at the White House, a continuation of the witch hunt. And he's exactly right. The Russian investigation's coming to a close. They've got nothing. So the only thing they can do next is start more investigations. 
investigate into and think about this. Think this this would be time and time again. These guys are launching investigations into things that they don't have any evidence of. That they don't have a crime in mind. That was the the, the big turnoff for the Russia investigation. And we thought, man, that's that's crazy. That's once in a lifetime type of stuff where they would launch a, a major political investigation against the president without a crime in mind or or any evidence. Uh, that's wild. That's never happened before. But now that precedent has been set, so it's a thing. And now the Democrats are like, hey, we can launch an investigation into whatever we want to launch one into. Doesn't matter. We don't need a crime. We don't need evidence. We don't need anything. We just need a theme. And they come up with it off the top of their heads, and they run with it. So they, with no reason, will be looking into Donald Trump's finances, sending out subpoenas for his tax returns, looking into his personal life, probably looking into his phone records and all this stuff. Why? Because... They have not accepted the results of the 2016 election. At what point do you just give up and say, the presidency's almost over. Why are we wasting our time? I just pray the American people see what the Democrats are doing and see that all the Democrats are doing. They're not out there working for for the American people. They're not working on putting jobs together. They're not working on making life better for, for the average American. They're not working on infrastructure. They're not doing anything except for investigating the president. And almost, well, I'll say almost every American, a majority of Americans would agree that that is not what they elected their politicians to do. Because a majority of Americans look even if they don't agree with Donald Trump, they look at it and say, well, he's the president. Let him be the president until his time runs out. Whether that's 2020 or 2024, let him go. But the Democrats don't think that way. It is more important to them to do investigations, to launch investigations into things that they have no evidence or, or uh, anything of. Just launch investigations. They, that is more important to them than doing the things that not only they were elected to do, but the things that benefit the American people. Because there is not one of these investigations that they're launching that is going to help the American people. Not one. I had some other things I wanted to talk about on the abortion front. Uh, one was Hollywood freaking out after the State of the Union speech where Trump talked about how we're going to protect the, the life of the unborn and uh, the life of the the babies that are born. Bette Midler, you guys know Bette Midler, she, uh, she tweeted out right after the State of the Union, she said, buy stock and coat hangers, here we go, 60 years, back to the back alleys. Bette Midler says, uh, Donald Trump is going to reverse Roe v. Wade and abortions are going to be illegal. And now, if you want an abortion, you're just going to have to, to use a coat hanger. You're going to have to go to a back alley and uh, have, you know, a, a shady doctor in a, in a dark alley perform an abortion with a coat hanger. 
That's what she says. And this is an argument I, 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 I hear a lot from people that say, you know what, just let the abortion thing go. I have people tell me that a lot. Just let it go, man. If they, it's their body, they created the baby, whatever, just let them have an abortion. Nothing's going to change about that. Besides, if you try to ban abortion, then guess what? People are just going to do it in the back alleys with a coat hanger. If you ban abortion, people are just going to do it anyway. Well, then, if if that's the theory we should go with, why is there a law for anything at all? Why is there a law against heroin and fentanyl? Illegal possession of heroin. People are going to do it anyway, so why have a law? Drinking and driving. As you see, people do it anyway. So why do we even got a law for it? Doesn't matter. Just let people drink and drive. It's the same as abortion. It's killing people. No big deal. No need for a law. No need for a law against it. That's the way Bette Midler looks at it. And here's something creepy for you on the abortion front. And this also, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because it, it poo-poo's on uh, the idea of uh, the pro-choice movement and it not being a baby. It's just a clump of cells, you know. Apparently, and this is according to The Sun, uh, they've got a piece out saying abortion clinics have been supplying researchers in the U.S. with terminated fetuses and the parts of terminated fetuses which are then fused with rodents with mice as part of a bid to stamp out certain diseases that our society deals with okay now if that's not creepy enough let me explain to you what they're trying to do they're taking these aborted fetuses and they're taking the organs, if you will, like the liver, the heart, whatever. They're taking these different parts of, of these aborted fetuses, and they are inserting them into mice. And they are then running tests on these mice to see how it affects them, thus telling them, allegedly, how it would affect humans. They want to do that so they can try different things that are cures for this, that, or the other and test it on lab mice that have human organs. And I guess on paper, that sounds like it works or whatever. But outside of that being completely creepy and knowing that we're taking aborted babies and chopping them up and sticking them in the body of a of a mouse um the fact that they are able to do that so they can mimic a human being the fact that they're using the parts of this fetus shows that this fetus is a human being does it not this fetus has a liver has a heart, has lungs, has has all the things that we all have. And they're, they're developed enough 
to be able to put in these mice and mimic a human being. They're human enough to be able to mimic grown adults and the effects of certain medication, what, that, what those effects would be. But it's just a clump of cells, remember. It's just a clump of cells. That's creepy and interesting. Now, the left will never talk about that. The pro-choice movement, or as we like to call it, the pro-murder movement, they won't talk about that. But it's out there. And that's what they're doing. They're exposed on a daily basis. The left is exposed on a daily basis, whether it's their hypocrisy, their racism, or their desire to murder millions. All you got to do is look and find it. Or just listen to this podcast, and we'll show it to you. Overthelineshow.com. Check it out. Sign up for the newsletter. Y'all have a fantastic weekend. I'll be back on Monday with a brand new episode. Until then, see you, cuz.